Hey there, welcome to the Impatient Entrepreneur Podcast, a show where we hear from entrepreneurs and business owners who are chomping at the bit to make their mark on the world. I'm your host, Lauren Quedar Cockrell. Now let's hurry up and get to the good stuff. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Impatient Entrepreneur. I have a friend of mine here today, Dan Evans. Uh, Dan and I met through Entrepreneur Organization's Accelerator Program as, uh, let's see, businesses, business owners on the rise. Dan and I spent a year together uh, in an accountability group and got to know each other. And I think Dan is just a really wonderful person, a wonderful business owner. I really enjoyed getting to see his visions for his company. Uh, Actually, I guess you have a few entities, (laughs) Um, but I always felt like you had a really great spirit and heart and i love to see what you're doing and now we actually get to do a little bit of work together and i thought you'd be a wonderful voice to have on the podcast so thank you so much for being here today thank you for having me yeah it's been it's been awesome getting to know you and i've learned a lot you know in our in our group and and i'm really excited to be on the show Thanks thank for you me. will you give our listeners a little peek into your business site altitude and anything else you'd like to share yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So site altitude, um, started building websites back in 2013. And so that's where we got the name site, like kind of like website altitude, elevating your, you know, online presence, but it quickly turned into, um, a digital marketing company focused on social media. And so we've, we've grown through creating social media content for our clients. And, um, we've, we've definitely dove into the digital ads side of things as well. So we do a lot of Facebook ads, Google ads, TikTok. Um, things like that. And so, so yeah, we're, we're here just trying to make marketing easy for, for small businesses. And, um, we, we work with a lot of other agencies. In fact, so we do a lot of fulfillment for, for other agencies and act as their kind of, um, yeah, fulfillment center so that they can go do all the selling and, and we just help them grow their business that way. Yeah. I'd say that's probably one of your, previously a unique value proposition. I know your business is evolving um, and maybe more client face, um, front facing. Um, But I know that you've worked with a lot of agencies as the kind of back of the house white label partner. Um, So that's, that's a little bit different. That's not, that's not always the case. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely presented challenges too, because how do you market to, to one versus the other? And then you're doing the marketing. It's just, it's pretty cool. We love direct clients, but we also love our agency partners and um and balancing those has been been fun. Cool. Um, so first hard hitting question. <laughs> Are you an a- impatient entrepreneur? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think absolutely I think every entrepreneur is probably impatient to some degree because um, you know, that's what drives us, right? We want that next thing. We want to like grow and we want to get better and and do better. And and so we're always trying new things and at some point in our life, we said, Hey, we don't want to work for somebody else. We want to do this on our own. We think we can move a little faster and, and get there quicker maybe or, or whatever, but, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I actually don't know the answer to this. Have, have you ever worked for someone else or have you ever, always worked for yourself? Yeah, no, I've had, a, I've had a few jobs. The, my, my first real job, well, I was director of operations at a events ranch in Malibu, which was super fun. And we did That's like, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, weddings and, and banquets and, um, and things like that. And I managed, I started managing the valet. I started as a valet and then I was managing the valet team. And then once I graduated, uh, I went to school at Pepperdine down in Malibu. Once I graduated, he offered me the full-time position, worked there for a little bit, but then I got into, um, financial advising with Morgan Stanley. So I was a financial advisor for a while doing the whole like kind of glorified sales thing there. 
um, at, at a tough time in the market. And so that's what led me to, to like go out and do, do my own thing and thought that, you know, instead of selling this product for this big company and, you know, maybe I could just do something on my own. So. Okay. And, and was that when Sci Altitude was born or did you have a business before that? Yeah. So, um, I had a business before that. Um, I, I worked with, um, a doctor that, that we partnered together on. He created this like brain, um, supplement. It was basically like fish oil that we marketed towards, um, people who've had concussions and trying to, it, it really helped, um, you know, with, with their like brain development and recovery in a way. So, I mean, he took care of all, all the technical side of that, obviously, but I was the one that was tasked with like figuring out how to build the website and put the marketing together. And that's what led to Side Altitude was when I had a friend of mine ask who did our website. And I said, I did it. And he said, can you help me with mine? And I said, yeah, sure. And then I realized I was like, oh, people like this, you know, they want, they want this kind of thing. And so that's when I then started to like build websites for people. And then, you know, one of my clients along the way was like, Hey, can you, can you do our social media? And I said, yeah, sure. We do social media. And, you know, we'd never Spoken done like a true media. entrepreneur. Yeah, I know. yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> yeah. So then that, that led, and we got, we got linked up. We got really lucky early on. I got linked up with kind of a marketplace where people would go online and then order the service of social media management. And we were the ones that were doing the fulfillment for them. So, so they were bringing in the clients. We were doing the services, getting good reviews, getting more and more clients from them. And then eventually that led to meeting a couple other agency owners who were like, Hey, can you do this for us directly? And then we started growing that way. And that's kind of honestly, even to this day, um, we've done a few internal campaigns. We can talk about that a little bit more later, but, um, everything's been just like, we've been taking care of our clients and that's how we've been growing. Right. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, cool. And I know, you know, your business has evolved a few times. Like you said, you started out building websites. Do you still build websites today or no? We, we do. Yep. We split that off into a different brand called four week website. It's, it's really a lot of the same resources. We have amazing, you know, content team, graphic design team and, and all that. So we, we cross, we use them for both sides of the business, but yeah, the four week website brand builds websites, but we don't ever get new clients from, from that alone. It's always with the marketing, like, Hey, you could probably use a new website or like, you know, we can help you with landing pages, do these things. And then that's how we bring over the four week website stuff. Gotcha. That's cool. Why did you decide to to separate them? You know, I is I think it was just when I was redesigning my website, I just wanted to be focused on what we do best. And that's the social media marketing, the paid ads and the content. And so I, I didn't want to confuse it because having a website that's featuring, you know, a, a web designer, you have to have like a lot of focus on how you build great websites. And I didn't want that to, to like overshadow the, the services that we were focused on. So I just thought, Hey, I'm going to link this and say, Hey, do you need a new website? Like, you know, we have this company across the hall that. Um, that's part of the same kind of umbrella, but you know, we do things differently. Whatever. And then do you, um, I feel like you have some other business interests as well, like other companies or other lines of revenue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm super focused on site altitude, but, um, I am the U S manager for, a, for a proxy, um, company. And so it's kind of confusing. And to be honest, I still don't completely understand how, <laughs> how we do things, but, but, but we, Along, along my journey with Site Altitude, we started offering um, a growth service for, for Instagram specifically, where we would go and we would grow people's Instagram accounts. And in order to do that, you really have to stay logged into a single connection. It's really hard when you have people logging in and out of the accounts all the time. 
they get flagged, you have to do password resets, super, super challenging and frustrating. And so we linked up with um, a service that would provide proxy connections where we could log into that proxy connection and have that connection, you know, in Texas or in New York or, or wherever we wanted it. And then that would be where that Instagram account was always logged into. So we could do our work in that account and not have to deal with logging in and logging out. So we needed a bunch of these proxy lines. We were doing like 200 at one point, wow. different clients, it's like growth service. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, and so anyway, I somehow got connected with the company that was kind of the best at it, at doing that. And now I help them manage their, their, um, server centers here. And we provide all of the contracts with Verizon and T-Mobile and AT&T and stuff. So it's really funny when I go into Costco and like the AT&T guys are there or whatever. And Hey, like, do you have like, you know, a phone line with us? And it's like, yeah. And you know, 90 with Verizon and 120 with T-Mobile. <laughs> like, they're like, what? <laughs> so, so that's kind of yeah, doing that. And then, and then I have, um, oh, you know, the, the very beginning of a, of a vacation rental company in that we have one Airbnb that we manage. So that, that actually takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll get some more, but, but that's been fun too. Are there any other businesses that you want to start on the horizon? I, or, um, I mean, do you feel like that's just who you are? You want to have lots of irons in the fire? You have lots of interests and things? No, no, not really. I want to focus on one thing. <laughs> I, want, I want to grow side altitude. Yeah. So, um, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's fun to, the, I guess it's kind of like hobbies, right? Like you just do different things and if you can get paid for it, then that's fine. But it's just the, the challenge of trying to build things, I guess. I don't know. That's right. probably what every entrepreneur is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you've brought a few more things to fruition though, <laughs> which, you know, honestly, I mean, I feel I've, I've had, I've had ideas about like sub brands before, like, you know, I'm, I'm a classic generalist honeybee. You know, I love, I love my brain needs the curiosity fulfillment of, of different businesses and industries and people and all that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know that it was like, Oh, the riches are in the niches. I'm like, yeah, but, therein goes my brain to die. <laughs> yeah. um, but I have thought before, like maybe I'll spin up a sub brand that only focuses on one service um, industry or something like that. Um, but I've never actually gotten it out the door and, and online. Um, but yeah, I'd, do you have any <laughs> tips for uh, yeah. getting things off the notepad and out into the world? <laughs> no, just, I mean, just go. <laughs> but, but it's interesting that you say the sub brand thing, because that I, I put that all under the side of Altitude Umbrella, but we are working on starting with a brand that's specific to an industry. And so we're, we're still brainstorming and trying to figure out what's going to be best, but we want to like dedicate some of our resources specifically to a certain type of business so that we can serve them the best and become the best in that industry. Cause right now working through other agencies, it's kind of like we work with all different types of clients and we do a great job. But if we're like laser focused on one industry, or at least for a subset of our business, then we could create all of our marketing materials, all of our resources, our lead magnet, you know, ebooks would be more valuable for them and that kind of thing. So that's kind of what, instead of like, we've got a great resource um, that's the kind of the six steps that we use to like get real results with social media. Um, but to create that specifically for a dentist office or a gym or, you know, something like that, would, I think would be helpful. So we are also thinking about doing that and splitting off a new company or brand, but you know, all the same resources and just having a specialty there. Yeah. Cool. Um, do, do you, do you like to read books or listen to podcasts or anything like that? Like how do you 
like to stay up on on trends or how do you fuel your yourself as far as growing your business and things? Yeah, um, for sure. I try to listen to some podcasts, you know, the the like Joe Rogan's fun to listen to once in a while. Um, but yeah, I like to read. Well, I like to read for like pleasure when I can just relax and like read a book. Um, and but for the business books that you know, I, I typically listen to them on Audible, like in the car. Or, or um, you know, just if I'm doing something in the house, I can throw on like an audiobook or something. Yeah. Have there been any that have been particularly inspiring for you? Um, the the new Donald Miller Marketing Made Simple. Um, I'm in that right now in an audiobook. And that's been good. He's the one that does the story brand stuff and you know, the 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 cool it's all it's all about the differences between, you know, branding and marketing and sales and how marketing's all about creating that. What's the value for the customer? Like, how is the the customer's life going to change after buying the product or service? And so, um, I think that that is is pretty cool. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in that one right now. And then, um, I'm reading "Raising Men" by Eric Davis. I've got a actually five year old today. It's his birthday. Oh. Um, my son. <laughs> yeah. So, um, "Raising Men" is it's just about like how to you know raise a responsible, like respectful kid and leading by example and all that. Um, Eric Davis, the author, is a you know Navy SEAL, and so he's using like all of his training in the SEALs and how to become a good a good dad. Love that. Good for you. Yeah. Um, I love to read for pleasure and education as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always have lots of lots of irons in the fire, audio and uh, with my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you working on creating right now? Um, you know, you mentioned the sub brands. Um, is there anything you can share about just like what you're working on, like as you work in the business at the moment? Yeah. Um, or on the working business, in I guess. the business right now. <laughs> what? I guess on the business, not in the business on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it is in the business though, unfortunately. Um, I would love to be working more on it. But um, one thing specifically that we're creating right now is like a client base camp. Um, of sorts where we have, so our services, you know, our social media content creation requires, you know, that we put together content with copy images, videos, and typically requires approval from the clients on that, at least in the first couple months. And so we need a place where, you know, they can come and approve that content. We've got that. We use Airtable as a tool for that right now. And then on the ad side of things, you know, Facebook and TikTok and Google and, you know, they all have their own platforms, right? Where we're creating the ads, again, getting approval for, hey, this, these are the campaigns. These are the keywords we're going to target. You know, these are the negative keywords that we're going to include from your search term list. Thing. You know, all of that stuff that to show, but then also the results side of things, like how are these ads performing? You know, what are we learning from them? How are we going to change, adapt? Um, and then we also do the content with the, the newsletters and blogs um, and things like that. And so right now we do a great job individually of, of creating those things, reporting on those things. But I want to have like a, Hey, this is the site altitude app or whatever it is that the client logs into and everything's there. Like these are the projects we're working on. You know, um, this is where we're at with them. And this is what we need from you at the moment. And then like FYI, you know, this is how we're doing or something like that. So, so we're kind of looking at some different tools and trying to figure out how to bring all of that together, which is definitely challenging because from a client side, it would be great to have it. But from uh, our side of things, it's a lot harder to have the team all take what they're really good at and then present it and do it in a different way and like add that, add that step, right? It's like a whole, 
additional step of like, okay, you've created all the step here. Now put it over here so that we can like have it. And then by the way, make sure that everything's real time all the time. And so it's just working on all those connections and trying to figure that out. Wow. That's <laughs> an undertaking for I sure. think it'd be really helpful, like for a client to be like, hey, this is and and then you know, there's potential like upsells and like, hey, we're doing all these things great. Like, do you want to like talk to us about this thing or whatever it is? That's so interesting. And I um because we in, in our experience, you know, anytime we've had, okay, yeah, you can get into our project management system or here's your 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 proofing portal. It's been like, no, thank you, just send it to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or there's yeah, you know, multiple true. ecosystems. Like if we work with another partner to serve a client and they're on Monday and someone else is on ClickUp and someone else is on in Asana, it's like, please don't make me create another account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got a lot of that too. And then and then adding another level of complexity is like the agency partners, right? Like I think to some extent, uh, it could actually be beneficial because we can be like, hey, like you should be selling our services because look how easy we make it for your clients. And like, you can offer this as your own, which we do with a lot of our stuff. It's like, Hey, you want to like, look at all this great way that we've organized our table. Like we can like make this yours. And this is now your process by bringing us on as a partner. And so that's great. But then the flip side, you know, a lot of times they'll already have their own things going on that we have to kind of integrate into. So yeah, it's a challenge, but yeah, that's what we're working on. Cool. Good for you. Um, yeah. what are you most impatient about right now? Okay. So. I mean, also something that I would like to say that I'm working on more, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, right. That's why I'm impatient about it, but it's, um, it's our internal outbound marketing. Cause it's like that. I mean, I feel like so many businesses have this problem, but it's the classic, you know, um, what is the shoe cobbler's kid doesn't have shoes, right? Children, yeah. <laughs> Busy taking care of his clients. Mm-hmm. He's like doing all these things. So that's, that's where we're at right now. And, and as mentioned earlier, we've been growing with, our partners and just naturally, you know, taking care of our clients and it's led to, it's led to growth, which has been great. But like, we really want to have a strong foundation for our own agency's growth and to be able to scale, you know, a little quicker and to have a little bit more control over that. So, um, we're starting to put together slowly, you know, our own campaigns and like kind of taking the best of what we've learned, working with clients and like bringing it all in house. And then it's also going to be a cool place to test new things. I think as we like generate like funnels and, and, um, you know, lead gen systems for ourselves, we can see what works and possibly, you know, help our clients with that too. But, but yeah, that, that's a whole, whole initiative that I'm very impatient about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I understand because that's why I hired you (laughs) because, uh, yes, same, you know, I mean, both in my current company, as well as, uh, the one I worked for, for 10 years, uh, long ago, um, you just, it was all referral and referrals are amazing. They're the, they're the Mm -hmm. best leads they are the warmest leads. They're the generally a most natural fit. Um, but yeah, when you're trying to scale, uh, and actually, this is something I got from Accelerator. One of our one of our mutual coaches was saying, you know, when you rely on referrals, you're that's really not a strategy. Um, you're just sort of sitting there waiting for someone to think of you, <laughs> uh, yeah. and like, yeah, <laughs> point taken. Um, so, so samezies. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and and like with the referrals, you know, when you talk to somebody, when you engage with a new prospect. The close rate's much higher, right? So the resources that it takes to to do that deal and to like work with that person are a little bit lower. And and we're very value like we're our pricing is very value based. Like we try to make the prices as low as possible for our clients so that they can 
uh, either enjoy our low prices or they can like upsell our services, right? Because we don't have a big difference between the two right now where we have our partners paint one thing and we have our, our direct clients paint another. We give the good price to everybody. So that's kind of where we're at right now is like, well, it's not sustain. It's like not as sustainable to like bring on this whole sales team and, and, and spend all this money on marketing because right now our new clients are coming in at such low cost essentially like nothing right it's like all referrals and stuff so to add a level of budget for ourselves to close new business we have to increase our prices and that's something that you know we have to figure out so right yeah protect that margin baby <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh i understand deeply uh so switching gears a little bit and i know you and i both been through a lot just in the last year as we've known each other um but what's something that's happened in business that felt like oh my gosh the sky is falling, the rug's been pulled out from under me. This is the worst thing that could happen for business from for me. Um, but ultimately it turned out to be like the best thing. Do you have an example of that? Yeah, I think you know mine probably. <laughs> <laughs> Talked about it many times. So yeah, we had a huge one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um we we lost our our biggest agency partner that I had let grown way too big for us. So we, we were servicing um about 200 active clients at a time. So we had some that would come and go, but like overall at the end of our relationship, it was about 200 active clients. Um, and they literally the week before Christmas said, Hey, Dan, like we're, you know, we're just, you know, looking at some things for the end of the year here. And uh, you can go ahead and stop all services and like billing by Friday. <laughs> That's <laughs> wow. Like, Excuse me. And so I, it was, I mean, it was a huge learning lesson right so like i was freaking out i was calling talking to the ceo of the company who i didn't usually interface with and and uh he was like it's just business but like you know he he helped me through it and um we had to obviously adjust a little bit with our with our team and that was hard because to that point i had never had to let anybody go it had only been and so it was the first time that i had to let a couple people go um and so it was tough. It was really tough. And it was right for the holidays and and everything else. But we lost a huge chunk of our revenue. It was a little bit over half of our revenue at the time. Um, it just gone in a week. And so it, it was tough. But what it did, I think, was like, you know, teach me that I you gotta be prepared. You can't just rely on like one source of income, right? It's like all your eggs in one basket. And but more importantly with them, it was just so easy. It was like easy street. Like they just kept adding on the clients and selling, selling, selling. And they were so hyper-focused on growth that they were willing to, they had huge budgets. And so they were willing to invest in all this growth, get people into their system, have us take care of it. And then at the point that they needed to turn to profit, you know, they were, they brought it in house. They had like, they have, I think it was over 200 um, people overseas working for them just in a different capacity doing websites. So this was a website partner. They, they built websites and then they wanted us to do the marketing. So we like essentially built their entire marketing side of their business. We worked with them over a couple of years. And then they added everybody that came in through their, their website services to market those websites. And the, and they had a really loyal customer base. And so it was really easy for them to get, sign up for new marketing services. So then, you know, they ended up just taking that all in house because they needed to start making money on it instead of just spending on the growth. And so that's where for me, I should have seen it coming. Like, of course, it's a money thing for them. And at, at some point they would be taking this back inside. Cause if I can make money on it, why wouldn't they be able to make money on it? And so that's kind of, 
I think a lesson learned and and um, important to kind of be aware of so that you know you can just set the business up to to take a hit if, if necessary or make sure that you're not letting them get that big sorry so like while i was focused on just taking care of them it was easy street so i wasn't thinking like hey i need to like be really growing my other clients and like really focused on our own marketing to to stay proportional to them i was just letting them kind of go because it was easiest so i just you know went that way so now if that happens again and a client starts to get bigger i know that i need to take some of that success and move it over here to grow with them so that we can like all be in proportion so if they leave it's not a big deal because i've invested over on this side and like we can you know take care so of so would you say like if you ever get another kind of keystone client again you would be trying to fill your pipeline like you wouldn't just let them be your half of revenue client like you would be trying to backfill so that you have so that they're not they don't have quite as much of a percentage share of your revenue or yeah i think that it's it's kind of looking at it like it's a blessing that you've got all this business i would never say no to it but i would make sure that i'm budgeting accordingly to then as if they're growing that means that i should have more money to be able to market on the other other side and do my own marketing kind of like what you know we were talking about earlier so that i can also grow with them you know what i mean and like you take that blessing and that that great business and that good relationship and hope that it never goes away but use it to grow the other pieces of your business at the same time instead of just letting your business grow with them. Yeah, like keeping the pie chart steady. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no reason that you shouldn't be investing in growth if you've got such good growth over here. Right. Even yeah. though it takes resources. And, and at some points we were playing catch up trying to make sure that we're handling the bandwidth of that new client. So at that point, if it does become you know, too big of a bandwidth issue, you need to be like, hey, we need to slow down a little bit. Um, because I need to be able to take care of the other stuff. That's a really important lesson. I mean, I think, I know for us, we occasionally grapple with, you know, the largest client syndrome and, and they're requiring a lot of us where it's, but the, the, the amount of time and effort that we're spending on them is not necessarily in line with the revenue coming in. And then all of a sudden we, there's not enough air in the room to go find other clients. It's like, Oh, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes the biggest client isn't a good thing. You know, uh, it's almost like I'd rather have some, you know, handful of mid range clients that don't require quite as much hand holding, so that there's plenty of margin and more time to be cultivating new relationships. And you're not just kind of stuck with, with, a, you know, a great client, but it's also, you just feel a little stuck. So that's, yeah. A good lesson that I hope people are taking from this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily we got through it and everything turned out okay. And now I think we are in a better position because it's not just like, I mean, it was, it was easy street. I keep saying that, but that it was just easy with them. Right. And so it masked a lot of the challenges and the issues that we had in our business. And it, it made me, you know, find those, figure them out, fix them. And so now Although we're growing a little bit slower, we're growing in the right way. Yeah, so I think that's right. yeah. that that makes me think. You know, I've, um, I with, with EO, they really talk a lot about revenue, and that's the main focus. And I think sometimes when we we're, we're like, oh, revenue, 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 we forget about processes or margin or things like that. And I know for me, I've really taken a step back from 
my ego driving that decision as far as, oh, I want to make a certain number or whatever and thinking, okay, how do I really create a strong foundation, like really great processes, really great culture and sol- you know, mm. solid work and all that. And then the, everything else will come. Um, you know, obviously we need the revenue for the margin and the profit and everything. But um, I know that when we focus on that vanity number, I'm not saying that's what you did, <laughs> but, but mm-hmm. for me, certainly yeah. um, things can definitely get out of whack and we can forget yeah. about like, is my business strong? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody could spend a bunch of money and like get revenue up. That's what that's, I mean, that's what that partner did. You know, they were just blowing money left and right, getting new business. And then they got to the point where they're like, okay, now we need to focus on profitability and then to make these huge changes. <laughs> and I know, I know that it wasn't all good for them either because I'm st- I'm still to this day, actually, I still have my email that was through them. And so I get, I get people reaching out like, what happened to my team? Like, you know, like, why did this change? Like, you know, I, I can't get a hold of anybody and all this stuff. So, I mean, I know that they're working through it, but um, it, it must be tough on them too. So yeah, anyway, lesson yeah. learned. <laughs> we're all, we're all, we're all learning our lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As I tell, as I tell my children, especially my eight-year-old, you know, when, when she makes a mistake that, um, you know, mistakes happen. That's a part of growing up. It's a part of learning. We can't be afraid to make mistakes, but we also have to do our best to learn from, learn from them. Um, yeah. You know, I'm definitely in, in this season of, okay, I've, I've made a boo-boo, but what did I actually learn from this and making sure I sit down and think, okay, what am I never going to do again? Um, I, I'm, we, we have a joke actually in story brand uh, community, as far as like tuition I'm paying to, I'm never going to make that mistake again, university. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But I would yeah, like I mean, to I would like to um resign from that university, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean that's a great question, Lauren, because looking back, I'm sure there's so many like entrepreneurs that are at, you know, towards the end of their careers where they're like, oh, if I would have just learned this lesson a lot sooner, you know, then like I would have changed things. And at the time it would have felt really hard, but now I'd be in a better place. And like that's so true. And it's kind of like, well, I don't wish to learn a lot of hard lessons right now, but like, it's really not in the, in the overall scheme of things. It's not the worst thing to like learn tough lessons. Yep. And you know, that they say <laughs> smart people learn from their mistakes. Wise people were learned from the mistakes of others. So hence yeah. the podcast listener, <laughs> yeah. uh, take, take what we're saying and, you know, think, okay, what can I do? How can I prevent such, such things to befall me? Um, yeah. so switching gears a little bit, I didn't, I didn't know you when you were younger. Um, was there anything where growing up you felt like it was a weakness, but really as now that you're an adult, you feel like it's a strength? Um, you know, think about this a little bit. I think that Maybe like I I didn't have ADD or like diagnosed with that or whatever, but like curiosity and like just wanting to do everything, right? Like I want to play all the sports. I want to do all these things. And um, I always thought, especially with sports specifically, I was like, man, like I should have just focused on one and like gotten really good. And like now it's like looking back, it's like you train, you practice, you get better, you do better. And um, and so I sh- you know, I should just focus on that, right? So that that was always something that I thought about in that like I shouldn't just try to do everything. I should just try to do a few things really well. And I think that to to extent that's probably still a weakness, but it's as a spinning it as a positive, it's kind of enabled me to connect with more people because I have I'm interested in a lot of different things. If I if I'm curious about something, I'll just try to go like learn it. 
or read about it. And so then when you meet somebody, and this this honestly going way back to when I was a financial advisor, it helped a lot too, just connecting with people and like being able to talk to them about something they're interested in. Like, um, you know, if if I don't know, if if they have a certain hobby or or they've been to a, a certain place or whatever. And if you know a little bit about that, then you can connect with that person. And now all of a sudden you're not just like some random person that they've met. Now you have a connection. And so I think that being spread thin in a way can be positive because it exposes you to a lot of different things that you can then connect with people. And that's, I mean, that's kind of really what marketing is about, right? In a way is like connecting and like making people feel a certain way. And if you do that personally, it makes, I think, business and relationships better too. It's like, oh yeah, I know a little bit about that. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Or I was reading about this thing over here or whatever. And so. I have a lot of thoughts about this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think, you sure? yeah, well, no, I, you know, as far as, I certainly struggle with, again, you know, we talked about niching down every once in a while, I'll get in my head and think, you know, I, I see these other people and they seem successful because I've niched down, but I know in my heart, I wouldn't, I would not enjoy that. And I don't want to run a business that I don't enjoy. You know, I love mm-hmm. meeting new people. I love learning about all these industries I didn't even know existed. And just, you know, for me, and it sounds like you too, just, I love, you know, my intellectual curiosity is very much a part of my joy of life. And to, to relinquish that and focus solely on one industry, which I have done before when I worked in-house for a company, it just really didn't provide the, the, what I'm looking for as a human being existing on this planet. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and I think when you do focus, so for, so I was, uh, I, I did play all the sports and then I ended up focusing on golf and I played in uh, competitively in high school and college and I totally burned out. And I think when you, I think there's certainly the, the propensity to get too much utility and eventually burn out. And I, um, so I, I enjoy, I enjoyed doing all the things and, kind of following following interests and this you know being who you are versus who others say you should be you know i think when people start shooting on us it's like well hold on a minute <laughs> allow yeah. me to be myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah right shooting on it <laughs> Um, well, cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, so do you still, do you still get out there and and swing the sticks? Not as much. As soon as we, uh, started having kids, it's just such a time commitment. Um, but now that our kids are older, they're very interested. So I think, you know, as soon as it cools off here in Texas, it's, you know, the surface of the sun at the moment, late summer, um, uh, you know, really want to start taking them out because they, you know, now that we can involve them and, and enjoy that as a family, but no, not, not really as much as my, my golf clubs have actual rust on them, honestly. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> now they're also, yeah, very old, but <laughs> yeah, we just moved to this golf course community and everybody's like, Oh, so you golf. No, not really. Like I have, but I don't really. So anyway, any opportunity, if you want to come out and golf. Yeah. I let's do that. I would love to, especially, yeah. Especially once it cools off a little. Now I, I really, yeah. I really enjoy it. And, you know, um, I had to reclaim it for myself. Um, I ended up um, resigning from my college team my senior year. I, my coach ended up not being a very good person. Um, and I just decided, you know, I think I'm done here. It was the first thing I quit it. Um, and I always felt like there was a lot of shame in quitting. Um, and it really took me a long time to finally, you know, pack up my 
um, uniforms and go to his office and say, you know, I'm I'm going to go ahead and not play this final season. Um, I'm going to focus on finishing my degree, on my internship, on, you know, not seeing these people again anymore. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I, I had to quit for the first time in my life. And um, uh, it was a very humbling experience, but I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I listened to myself. Uh, and it took me a long time to get back out there and play again and play for play just for joy, uh, and just, you know, being in the fresh air and getting a little exercise. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so do you have one piece of advice for our listeners that they can do right now to make their lives or businesses stronger and better? Um, I mean, I always feel weird giving advice, but, um, (laughs) lay it on me. (laughs) Well, I just think that like focus, like kind of from, from that hard lesson that I learned last year, um, it's like focusing on just continuing to improve and like not just be content, right? Like when that growth was happening, I felt like I was improving because we were growing, but like we weren't improving anything. We were just getting new clients from one, one customer. So I feel like, you know, really focusing on the continuous improvement and like encouraging a culture of learning within the company is super important. Um, the, the the encouraging the culture of improvement in the company also like has so many benefits to the team right like they're feeling like they're growing they're they're, they're learning new things they have um, something to talk about maybe other than their specific tasks for the day or week it's like you know so yeah just that continuous improvement and then like you know embracing the failure right so that it's you you learn from your mistakes you improve and and uh, you adapt and that's how I think you continue to build bigger and better company. That's great advice. Yeah. I think I know I've certainly made plenty of mistakes and I've just moved past them. You know, I'm very much a what's in front of me person. Like, okay, thank you next. Um, but really starting to internalize and externalize lessons makes me feel so much stronger moving forward. Um, I made a hire earlier this year that ultimately didn't pan out. And I mean, I sat down and like, what, what did I do? What was the mistake I really made here? And it was all very clear. And I've now said it out loud to the team, to mentors and things like that. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if you don't go through that painful process, like, you know, don't, don't suffer twice, like just suffer the one time and, you know, pay that tuition to the, I'm not going to make this mistake again, university and move on. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. I'm going to start using that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Pay that tuition. Yes, exactly. And then, then get out of there. Um, okay, so we'll go ahead and wrap up now. Uh, how can people, where, where where can people find you online if they want to connect or do business with you? Yeah, I'm, you know, all the socials, uh, site altitude, S-I-T-E, like a website, right? Site altitude um, and sitealtitude.com. We have, you know, there's a chat widget there. It's real easy um, if you want to talk uh, and you know, love to, yeah, love to talk to anybody about their marketing for sure. All right. And we'll put all the links in the show notes. So thank you, Dan. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks for listening to The Impatient Entrepreneur. Love the podcast? Be sure to share it with a friend or colleague or give us a five-star review on Apple. You can also chat with us on Instagram or Facebook at The Impatient Entrepreneur Pod. Want to star on a future episode? Head over to theimpatiententrepreneurpod.com to inquire. Thank you to the team at Queedar Co. for believing in me and bringing this podcast to life. And thank you to Carson Childers for mixing and editing this episode. Can't wait to see you next time.